Well, here we are, our second week in the series of Colossians, and I'm going to preface this by saying that um, I don't know what might come out of my mouth today, which is uh, a bit daunting for me, um, because I've had a, to be honest, and Mike had the same um, disclosure last week, I've had a really rough week this week. So, and I know that there's been lots of other people too. And I have sat at my computer screen and I've sat at a, uh, and I thought, well, maybe I can handwrite at a blank page all week, nothing. Had nothing. And I'm, this week I've just been mentally drained, like I had nothing emotionally drained. I've had sick children. So if you have children or you take care of children, when they're sick, they're particularly needy and want everything from mum, like everything. I've had massive uni assignments due, so my intellect's spent, my emotions are spent. I feel like I'm probably going to get the sickness my kids have got. So, you know, this is where I'm at. And I know it's not very uplifting, and I'm really sorry, (laughs) because I actually... the reason why I'm sharing this is because I take this, this opportunity really seriously and it's such a privilege to be able to um, use what God's given me and I love studying, I love being able to draw out things from scripture and um, communicate them. It's, I just love it and so it's been really hard this week staring at a page and just going, I've got nothing, I just can't do it. But God's really good because when we go, I've got nothing, he goes, I've got something for you, right? So here we are, and it's going to be a little bit different, and we're going to do something different today. And I'll preface that. You'll see that there are little white pieces of paper on your uh, chair, and there's some pens, kind of every few chairs. And we're going to use these at the end. because we're going to do something together. Because really, if there's anything I want to share today and drawing from the letter of Colossians is that we are united as the body of Christ and we cannot do our faith alone. We can't. And Paul, in all of his letters, addresses this because he addresses every church and one of his biggest themes is unity. He reminds them that you are the body of Christ. It is you. It is not an individual you. It is you, the corporate, the communal as the body of Christ. We cannot do this alone. And so today, I could have kind of gone through and I really thought, I'm going to like pick apart all of chapter two and I'm going to have all these great things. No, I haven't done that. We're going to just look at two verses in Colossians chapter two and they're going to come up on the screen and I'm just going to keep reading this as we go along because we need encouragement today. I need encouragement. I know that there are people here today who just need encouragement. And so we're going to sit in the encouragement that Colossians brings for us today. Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. 
I could probably just read that and we could just go because I think that's a pretty great scripture verse. But I thought I would just pick out a few things this morning from here. Paul writes, as you. Now this you, and we live in a very individualistic culture where we think everything is about me as an individual. So we read our scriptures, whether we're conscious of it or not, we are always reading as though we are the center, me, individually. We are not. Paul, when he writes this, the you is actually like you all, as you all. We can say today, as we. We cannot mature in our faith, and Paul always writes you. He's not writing to the individual. He writes to the whole body of believers because we cannot mature in our faith and grow without each other. And his whole purpose is to unify. In Romans, in Galatians, in Corinthians, there are all these problems, and he keeps writing to all of them. Hey, you, all of you, we have to come together and love each other and be the body of Christ. Our faith will not grow, and the message of Jesus' hope will not flourish if we do not come together and grow together. We cannot do it by ourselves. And the beautiful thing is in Colossians and in many of other Paul's writings, he keeps referring to, and we saw in in chapter 1, this idea that we are the reflections, we are the image of God now, filled with his spirit. And so I myself, filled with the spirit of God, I am a representative, I'm an image of God, but so is my husband And so are my friends here. So is Ethan and Jenna. And so when I talk with them and I share, I am struggling today. And they respond. Or, hey, this awesome thing happened. Ethan played this awesome gig and we're talking about it. We get to be Christ to each other. We love each other. We encourage each other. We pray for each other. We support each other. We, as those who are filled with the Spirit of God get to encourage and be that image of God, and we need it. We ask God, where are you? Do you know where he is? Here he is. Look to the person next to you. The Spirit of God is within them, as he is with you. So Paul says, as you have received Christ Jesus, as we have received Christ Jesus. Now this Christ Jesus, the Lord is a really important uh, title because here Paul is summing up what he has said about Jesus in chapter 1. And he says, Jesus, the creator and the reconciler of all things. Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the mystery of God, He is the Lord over all things in heaven and on earth. He is the one in whom there is all wisdom and knowledge, the image of the invisible God, the key to life and genuine human experience. We can quickly run over these words and go, yeah, yeah, Christ Jesus. Yeah, we get that. This is what he's saying. Remember that as you have received Jesus, the creator, the reconciler, the Christ, the anointed one, the Lord of all things, the one in whom you have all wisdom and knowledge, the image of the invisible God, the key to life and human experience. It's not just a mere title that we rush over. 
this is who Christ is, as we have received him. This is who we have received. This is who we have accepted. This is who we have laid our claim with. This is our allegiance. And he goes on, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in him. Your version, and because I can see all of you have got your nice big version here in front of you, right? Or on your phone. Um, You might have walk or you might have live. It means the same thing. It's the word walk, and in Greek it will have the word walk, but it means, and in Jewish thinking, the idea of walking in something was to live out what that was. So whether it's live in or walk in, we are to continue to live in him. And we kind of sometimes don't really remember or recognize maybe what this living in him means. And we see all through Paul's scriptures in, the, in Romans, he goes into this um, depiction of we were once enslaved to sin, but through our death with Christ and our baptism, our burial and our resurrection, we are now in Christ He says the same in Galatians. He says the same in Corinthians. It's this idea that we, as those who follow Jesus, we have died with him. We have been buried with him and we have been raised with him into this new life, into this new sphere of God, this new creation. Central to Paul is this idea that we have died with Christ Just as Christ died and he rose again, so have we. So when he says, continue to live in him, continue to live in the fact that you have died to this old world. You have died to the power of sin. You are no longer enslaved to that. You are now alive in Christ. So continue to live in Christ. And he'll go on, Paul goes on in Colossians and will I'm sure in the next few weeks, see what that looks like actually lived out. Because he goes on and says, here's some ways in which we can be representative of this living in Christ. But here, it's pure encouragement. Keep going. Keep living in Christ. There's actually a little um, diagram, and I stole it off. You may have seen it before when we watched the video about heaven and earth. But I like this image of what it looks like to be living in Christ. There's a cross in the centre there, and this is our present age. But when we live in Christ, we get to take that new creation, that new life into our present age, and we get to live in that. So as we continue to live in the new life that Christ has given us, we are to be rooted And built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul uses a whole lot of different metaphors in this one little scripture. Be rooted. We are rooted like a tree well planted. And if you were to go and you were going to get out your big Greek version and you'd see the different tenses 
This word rooted is past tense, meaning you have been planted. You have been rooted. And remember, it's not just you as the individual. It is we have been as the body of Christ. We are planted together as one one tree, if you will, growing. We together. Not all these little ones, one together. We have been rooted like a tree that is going to continue to grow. He says, we are being built up. And this is a present tense word, meaning we are continuing to be built up. God hasn't finished yet. We are continuing to be built up like a building that is continuing to be built by Christ. Continue to be built up. We are established secured or settled. And this has a connotation of almost like a legal document. So yes, like we're established in the firm foundation, but also we are secure in our faith. We believe it is done. There is nothing else that we need to worry about in terms of our right relationship with Christ. We are established. It is done. And then we are to be overflowing in thanksgiving And there's this idea of like this jug full of wine. You know, wine's really metaphorical and used a lot within the Bible because it's representative of new life, of goodness, of something that's to be poured out and to be shared. We are to be overflowing like this jug that's full, ready to be poured out in thanksgiving. This is the encouragement that is central to this letter. In fact, these two verses are kind of the hinge on which this whole letter of Colossians sits. Paul has gone through in chapter 1 about this is who Christ is, the supremacy. So be encouraged, be rooted in what you know already about who Christ is. And now because you are rooted and you're going to continue to grow, here's some ways that we can do that. So these two verses are so central because this is it. This is what Paul in the whole of his letter is really just trying to get at. Continue growing. Keep going. Be encouraged that you are firmly planted. And so keep going. Keep growing, knowing that Christ is going to do it. You are in Christ. So keep going. And then in chapter 2, and if you are reading along at the moment, um, you'll see that he has these warnings. Don't get sidetracked by different philosophies or different practices that are just going to try and add to what Christ has already done. You don't need to worry about the different types of foods because Coloss- the church of Colossae was in this hodgepodge of the Roman Empire where there's all these different religions and all these different things. And there was also the worry that maybe, and scholars aren't sure, but that maybe the Jewish, the same problems that they had in with the Galatians, this Jewish philosophy of you still can't eat this, you can't do that, you might have to be circumcised. Paul's like, don't worry about any of that. You don't need it. So he goes on and he says that because you were already firmly planted and rooted and being built up by Christ. We don't need to add to him. We only need to bear his image. And then this section of the letter, and, you know, our Bibles are broken up with chapters, but we have the first couple of verses in verse 3, sorry, in chapter 3, where he finishes this whole section And he says, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life, who is your life, is revealed, you will also be revealed with him in glory. And this is Paul's way of saying, remember, don't have your mindset on what's going on here. Don't worry about those different practices, those different philosophies. When he says, place your mind on, th- on things above, it's on Christ. Set your mind on Christ, on his self-sacrificing, merciful, loving, forgiving way. Set your mind on him as you continue to grow, as you continue to live. And he ends with that beautiful hope there that because one day Christ will come and we will be with him. There is still that hope. The church was still waiting for Christ to come back. They really thought it was going to happen in their time. And so we still have this hope. We fix our mind on Christ. We try and we, by his spirit, live out his self-sacrificial, loving, forgiving life who is now in us. We are in him. We're to live that out. And we hold on to the hope that this is not the end either. And I think it's a beautiful encouragement for us today. And I know that it's not very long because what we're going to do in this moment, I just kept thinking about this unity, that this is about us as the body of Christ. Paul was writing to a body of believers to encourage them. And it's just as relevant today that we get to sit with this scripture. And I'm going to read it one more time and then we're going to do something. So then... Just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. We're going to do something to kind of practice this idea of being the body of Christ. And all you introverts, you can breathe a sigh of relief. I'm not going to make you do something that's super awkward and uncomfortable and make you go and do something like go and talk to somebody. But... (laughs) But (laughs) talking to people, what? Um, As a music team, uh, we are still all fairly new and we are all a bunch of introverts. So a way that I wanted to help build our culture of being a community that prays together was I set up a prayer jar and we would take time and we take time and we write on a piece of paper, anonymously, or you can, or they put their name to it. They write either a request or a petition to God, something they're praying about. They write a lament, something like, I'm done with this. I don't know if I believe it, or I've got a question, or I'm angry, or I'm upset. Or they write a thanksgiving, something that they're thankful for fold it up, we put it in the jar, and then we go around and we each pick one out and we make sure it's not our own and we read it and then we take time and we pray with that person. What is on that paper, we pray into it and over it. We're going to do that today as a church. And so you will see on your chair a piece of paper And you are going to 
You can keep it anonymous. You can put your names if you don't want to. If you want to, well, you don't have to. And you can write something that you were asking God for or, or seeking his wisdom on. You can write a lament. You can write something you're thankful for. And then the worship team, we've got these baskets or these containers. They're going to come around and collect them. And then we're going to pass them back out. And you are going to take one and you're going to read it. And we're going to spend time praying with that person. Because we don't always get the chance to pray with every person. And you might be a person who, even when we say, hey, we're going to have time out the front to pray, you're like, heck no, I'm not coming down. I'm not putting my hand up. No way. But this is a really safe way. But also, I think, a really necessary way that we don't miss the opportunity to actually pray for our people. Are you in? Are we going to do it today? Yes? Yes? Yeah, I got like a couple of yeses. That's good. (laughs) No blank pieces because then someone else is going to find one um, and they'll have nothing. So um, we're going to play a song. And when that song ends, it'll kind of be our time to... So you're going to spend five minutes or the length of a song and then we're going to hand these out and then we're going to redistribute them and just bring your heart to the Lord, commit something to paper, and then in a few minutes, we'll, we'll collect them. <laughs>